Have you ever had a remember when moment? Remember when you had that favorite family vacation? Or remember when you got engaged to the love of your life? Or do you remember when gas was 62 cents a liter? Those were the days, weren't they? I was only 16 years old then and it would cost me about $20 to fill up a tank of gas. Right now it would be about 80. Or if you're a follower of Jesus, remember when you experienced God's love for the first time? You see, our memories, whether good or bad, positive or negative, full of joy or full of pain, shape our decisions. And depending on your experiences you have had in your life, your memories provide you with decisions on how to bring out the good or the bad memories or the positive or the negative experiences for your life. Memories help us remember. We take selfies and throw them up on social media feeds, don't we, to remember. We shoot videos or we hang up photos or we have screensavers to remember. We might even have key scripture verses on display to help us remember. In fact, God invites us to remember. For the last number of weeks, we've been going through a series of invitations from God. And as you see in the Bible, God offers you and me the invitation to remember 450 times. The invitation to remember what God has done for us. The invitation to remember what we have experienced God's miracles or signs or wonders in our lives. The invitation to remember God's very best as we read and apply the Bible in our lives. And the invitation to remember Jesus. But if we're really honest, our memories can fade at times, can't they? We tend to forget at the best of times, don't we? Or we embellish our memories sometimes. In fact, my wonderful wife bought me a gift a few months ago to help me remember. To remember my wallet, she bought me a card that fits in my wallet. And when, not if, I lose my wallet, all I need to do is to go on my app on my phone and the app will locate where my wallet is. She's absolutely amazing. But I must confess, at the gym the other day, I even forgot my phone. How can I find my wallet or my keys if I don't have my phone? I didn't notice I lost it until I was already home. But thank God for the Find My Device app, right? I totally forgot it. And one of my gym buddies helped me out and grabbed it for me. And yet we tend to even forget the most important things in our lives, don't we? We can forget an important birthday party or anniversary date. We tend to double book an important meeting with someone important to us. Or simply because we are so busy, we forget the details throughout the day. Have you ever been there before? Of course you have. (laughs) We all have. So why is it so easy to forget? Why do we forget our phones or our keys or our wallets? Why do we forget the most important dates or anniversaries in our lives? Well, about 3,300 years ago, we read a story in the Bible of how the Israelites, the people of God, even forgot about God. To sum it up in Exodus 3, the Israelites were crying out to God to be freed from being slaves to Egypt. The Israelites were slaves for 400 years. They lived in their land. They practiced their values and customs and their identity was known as slaves. The only thing they knew how to be good at were to be slaves. And they would absolutely die if they weren't. And God heard the Israelites cry. In Exodus 3 to 11, we see God fighting on their behalf. God sent plagues throughout the Egyptian land for Pharaoh to let his people go. And after several plagues, Pharaoh relented to the Lord. The people of God were free. And yet Pharaoh followed them to the Red Sea and the people of God cried out to him again. They were trapped. At one end, the Egyptians were enclosing the Israelites. On the other end was the Red Sea. 
And at that moment, I think the people of God thought God forgot about them. Have you ever been there before? Have you ever thought that God had forgotten about you? Have you ever felt your cries to the Lord were not heard or trapped by your circumstances? But God didn't stop being their God. He parted the Red Sea supernaturally, and the Israelites were safe on the other side. Finally, they were free from Egyptian oppression. They praised God for it and built a monument to celebrate how good God was to them. In fact, God never stops being their God. Think about this for a second. God never stops being God. And yet after three days after the Red Sea miracle, we see in Exodus 15 where the people of God start to forget about God again. They complain, they grumble, they tell God and Moses how Egypt was better than being free. Really? They think God once again forgot about them because they were running out of fresh water. Yet again, friends, God miraculously provides water. And again, the people build on a monument to celebrate God's goodness. And you might guess it, three days even after that, we see in Exodus 16, the people start to complain again. This time, it's not about Pharaoh or being trapped around the Red Sea or the lack of water, but about the kind of food they were eating. They forgot about God again. They complained. They grumbled. They blamed Moses and God. And yet again, God miraculously provided food and the people of God built an altar to celebrate. We can start to see a cycle here, can't we? God shows up, reveals who he is and what he can do. He provides safety and fights for them. And yet the people of God forget who God is. In fact, in the span of 40 years, friends, God shows up time and time again for the Israelites of how he was with them, being a pillar of smoke during the day and a cloud of fire at night. He provided supernaturally the Ten Commandments to live by and pastors and leaders and organizers to take care of them. He continued to show signs and wonders by protecting them from their enemies and supernaturally providing food and water over and over again. God even showed them the promised land, a place where they can find a home and rest from the wandering in the desert. And yet again, the people of God would forget him. Listen to what they say in Numbers 21 verse 5. They spoke against God and against Moses and said, Why have you brought us out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? There is no bread, there is no water, and we detest this miserable food, basically what you've given us. They are saying this, Look God, you're not who you say you are. You tricked us. You are not the God we need. You left us here to die, and you forgot all about us. This passage of scripture actually reveals how the people of God forgot God. First, they forgot who God really was. Time and time again, God revealed himself to the people, but they didn't ultimately trust him, as we see with their grumbling and complaining. Second, they forgot what God had did for them. They focused on their present moments rather than the monuments they set up during their journey from Egypt. And third, they forgot who they were in God. Rather than trusting in God, they decided to put their fate in their own hands. I wonder, are we the same? If we're honest with ourselves, is it possible for you and me to forget about God, what he has done for us, or who he is for, to us? Why is it so easy to forget about God? And I'm not talking about 
why we forget our wallets or keys or our phones, but the reality of who we are in God. Well, the Exodus story of the Israelites help us understand why we forget. So why do we forget? As you see in your notes, the first reason why we forget is because we have a faulty perspective. Our memories and stories are not always clear in our minds. We tend to embellish our memories to fit what we are feeling or thinking or saying or doing. And in the process, we tend to forget about God's goodness in our lives. See what the Israelites said. You brought us out of Egypt to die. In fact, seven times in the book of Numbers, the people of God complain and grumble about their circumstances. Their memories were clouded by their own perspectives rather than focusing on God's promises for them. In the same way, when we focus on our perspective or our circumstances or our problems or situations or our current realities, we tend to forget about God. Have you ever been there before? Have you put your focus on the things of this world rather than one who created this world? The second reason we tend to forget is because of unresolved pain. Rather than remembering, we simply want to forget. Why? Because pain hurts, doesn't it? Pain from relationships or pain from the past. Pain from bad decisions we have made or pain from loss. Pain of circumstances or pain from others. Pain of what others have even done to us. And if we're really honest with ourselves, the pain we have done to others. We try to run away from our pain or we blame like the Israelites did with Moses and God. We tend to ghost or cancel. We judge. We pray. We preoccupy ourselves with busyness. We numb out our pain, don't we? We even self-medicate. But unresolved pain doesn't work that way, does it? No matter how fast you run or how angry you get or how much you blame or numb out unresolved pain, pain wants to rise within you, especially during times of stress, to the surface. Our memories can trigger past pains. Our memories can bring up feelings of pain. Our pain can become factors that shape our decisions. Just like the Israelites, the pain of wandering the desert for 40 years suddenly became God's fault or Moses' fault. Do you try to forget your pain? Is your perspective clouded with your own circumstances and problems rather than his promises for you? Is your pain oozing out of you to those closest to you? Has your decisions been shaped because of your pain and hurt? And even though we want to forget, God invites you and I to remember. As a pastor, I have the privilege and honor to walk with many people who've had many different experiences and even past hurts. And most of the time, the responses to their past is, Andy, I just can't go there. It's too hard for me. I just can't. And you know what? I think they're right. They are right to say to me, Andy, I can't go there. There is too much pain or hurt there. And maybe you feel like this too. Maybe you are saying to yourself through the screen, Andy, I just can't go there. And if I was honest with you, I need to let you know I would agree with you. We just can't. But with Jesus, you and I can. That is why God invites us to remember. He invites us to remember so that he can redeem our memories. To redeem our faulty perspectives and unresolved pain. So how can we let God redeem our memories? Well, it's the invitation to remember. In the book of Hebrews, the writer encourages us with this truth. Jesus doesn't change. Yesterday, today, and tomorrow, he's always totally himself. In other words, Jesus is fully present yesterday, fully present today, 
and fully present tomorrow. And as you see in your notes, the invitation to remember is an invitation for Jesus to live in your past. You see, the Exodus story of old reflects our own stories. And we all have an Exodus story. Just as the Israelites experienced the bondage of slavery in Egypt, you and I experienced the bondage of slavery to sin. Just like the people of God crossed the Red Sea as the Egyptians were surrounding and chasing them, God provides a way to experience freedom from sin, even when sin wants to chase and surround you in Jesus. Just like the people of God wandered off in the desert, we too have wandered off in our sins. You see, as you and I understand the Israelite story, we can clearly understand our own stories. And we need to create space for God's story of redemption to heal our pasts. You might be asking yourself, there is no way I'm wanting God to live in my past. It is way too hurtful. Or are you seriously wanting me to dig up my past, Andy? Or you might be asking, how do I actually let God into my past? Well, rather than tell you, I would like to walk this out with you. And I'm calling this as a spiritual practice of how to let God live in your past. We all have a story, don't we? And I call it a storyboard. And I'm going to show it to you today. The first thing is, these are memories that we all have. Hopefully you can see that. <laughs> all memories we have. And I would like to put your life into 10-year increments, okay? So however that looks like for you. So 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 plus. Okay, And I want you to go back and ask yourself, what have been the highs of my life and what's been the lows of my life, especially when it comes to your past? Well, when I was 16 years old, I accepted Jesus as my Lord and personal Savior. It absolutely changed my life. I knew who God was, but I didn't experience God's deep love for me, and it changed my life. After that, I felt called to go to Bible college and be a pastor. Yes, that's a highlight. So I am going to put it right here. And I met a wonderful girl. Her name is Anik. And she somehow, some way, by God's grace, said yes to me to get married. So she wanted to get married to me. And I was so excited for that. And I told my best man, my best friend, his name's Jeremy, my brother. But unfortunately, six months before we got married, he died um, from mental health. And uh, devastated my family. And then our firstborn son, our sorry, daughter was born, and then my parents separated, and then my son was born. I'm going to put make sure that dot is the same. <laughs> um, Isabel, of course, she you know cooks, so maybe I could put her a little higher. But anyway, um, then my parents divorced. As you can see in this series of life, in my life, it was like a roller coaster, and I never really truly understand what it meant to let God live in my past. But I needed to let Jesus into my past to change my story for his glory rather than let the past shape my, for, my, my present. I would invite you to do the same. Allow Jesus to redeem your past. As God invites you to remember your past, when you allow him to heal your past, he uses your story for his glory. He redeems our past to redeem our present and our future. Are you going to allow Jesus to heal your past? But not only does God offer you the invitation to remember your past, but as you see in your notes, to invite him in your present. 
For God's people, their present faulty perspective and unresolved pain shaped their memories and ultimately their story. Their complaints and grumbling and fears were legit, by the way, totally towards God and Moses ultimately caused them to miss out on God's best, which was the promised land. They didn't trust God in their present. So often we miss out on God's very best in the present because of our faulty memories of the past. We truly do not trust God. It took the Israelites over 40 years of wandering in the desert to deal with their unresolved pain. The Israelites had to shed off their faulty perspectives to experience God's best in the present. Remember, the people of God experienced over 400 years of slavery. Their identity was based on their work and their ability to work. Their whole existence was based on being good slaves. Their spiritual DNA was polluted by Egyptian gods. For example, we see in Exodus 32 that they exchanged their new identity in God to worship a golden calf. They missed out on God's present realities because they were stuck in their present ways. 400 years of slavery would do that. I wonder, are we the same? Do we allow Jesus into our present realities that our identity is not as slaves? Slaves to our past or slaves to work? Slaves to our performance or bank accounts or gender? Our identity is actually in God. Our identity is not to be based as a slave to sin, but free as a child of God. But where do we put our identity and trust in? Our identity as Christians, as followers of Jesus, should be shaped by God in all areas of life. On Thursday night, feel free to join me. I have an Encountering God small group. Every Thursday night, we go through our steps journal to ask one simple question. What is God doing in your life? And it's amazing to hear people's stories of how God's word and God's voice or spirit is speaking to them in all areas of their lives, as parents, as singles, as moving to a new city, to finding friends, uh, to dealing with fear. All these different things come up on our Thursday night, and it is all about inviting God into our present. But not only does God invite you to remember the past or reflect your present, but you probably guessed it, he wants to be invited in your future. None of us know the future except for God. We can shape or influence the future, but only God truly knows the future. And God's not scared of the future. He is not shocked by the future. He is fully aware and fully present in the future. Listen to what God said to the Israelites in the desert. Remember that you were slaves to Egypt and the Lord your God redeemed you. In other words, God is inviting the people of God to his future. He is saying, you are now redeemed. You are now going to enter the promised land. I am with you. I go ahead of you. See what I can do when I'm invited in your past or your present or your future. God changes our futures. He paves a way to a preferred future that is secure, a future that is not only in heaven, but a heaven that lives in our hearts within you and me. God fills your future with purpose, clarity, and hope. God instills peace and calm during the fears and the confusion of life. Our future is firm when we put our trust in Him. Not only does God invite us to remember our past or present or futures, but we are invited to remember our God. Jesus' invitation to us is at a table. 
When we remember at Jesus' table during communion, we can remember our own Exodus story. When we remember Jesus, we can remember how his scars heal our own scars. He makes us whole and gives us confidence and fills us with his spirit. And this leads us to today's big idea, a short phrase to sum up our teaching for today, and this is what it is. Your memories can be redeemed when you remember the Redeemer. He redeems our past, gives us purpose for today, and assures us for tomorrow. As we remember the Redeemer, He reconciles our past, our brokenness, and our relationships. We don't have to experience the ghosts of our past or our current struggles with uncertainty anymore. As we remember, we can put our frustrations and our pains and our hurts and our memories on Jesus, our Redeemer, as he says to us, do this in remembrance of me. And yet, I need to be honest, friends, there is another table you and I are invited to. As the Apostle Paul puts it, is a table of lies. It's a table full of chaos, a table of brokenness, a table that wants to bring you down or to manipulate your memories, to confuse your present, and to destroy your future. It is a table that you and I are invited to each and every day. And for the Apostle Paul, he puts it this way, you cannot eat at the Lord's table and at the table of demons too. You see, Paul says you can't sit at both tables. It is either the table which leads to further brokenness and destruction or the table which redeems you with ongoing healing and purpose. The question is, which table will you sit at? Which invitation will you receive? Which table will you live for? And maybe you're listening to this today and you're not a follower of Jesus. You don't know what it means to allow God to redeem your past or your present or your future. But God loves you and has a plan for your life And I would want to pray with you. And for everyone else that's listening to this, which table will you pick? The one of redemption or one of regret and rebellion? God calls us to remember well, friends, so he can redeem our memories. Let's pray. God, we just thank you for this opportunity to gather over a screen to connect. And we just pray and invite you, Holy Spirit, to speak to our bedrooms or our living rooms or at the dinner table, wherever we are, and that we would actually allow you to speak to us. Help us to remember well, to give us the courage to allow you to heal our past and to be in our present and to bring hope to our futures. And Lord, if anyone is in this, listening to this and not a follower of Jesus, that they would take the next step and that they would confess that they have fallen short, that they're a sinner and that they would know who they are in you and that they would invite you, God, to speak into their hearts and their minds. And we pray for these things in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. If you prayed that prayer, feel free to reach out to us. There's a text line on this screen. There's a pastor on the other line. Feel free to connect with us anytime. And we hope that you have a great day.